Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Jackman Radio. I'm very excited today to be joined by a returning guest, Mr. Sean Stone. How are you today, sir? Doing all right. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, today is, of course, the 59th anniversary of the violent coup d'etat and removal of our 35th president, John F. Kennedy. May he continue to rest in peace, although he's not really resting in peace because we don't really have the full story yet, do we? Not even the full body, right? The brain went missing. That's right. Yeah, there's a oh God, there's there's so many avenues. And uh, we got a little time here with Sean. But Sean, I just wanted to ask you out of the gate, you know, what are some of your memories of, of being involved in the film JFK? Because honestly, that's such a touchstone film and a monumental film because it led to the 1992 act that passed, literally a law to release the remaining files. So I think that movie is so important. And it's historical, man, and you had you had a part in that, and you were involved in that. And I mean, what what are your memories? You were probably you know nine or ten making that movie, right? Or uh, six. six or six. Yeah. Okay, but uh, you know, yeah. Speaking of the files, they still haven't been released, right? Trump said basically, well, in twenty twenty, he pushed it off another year or so, and now Biden's doing the same, and it's just like this this endless saga of you know when are we going to finally see the records? Not that it's going to prove anything. It's just you know just helps with evidence. So. We are still chasing for evidence. Um, but uh, as far as the film, I remember very vividly that time period because it was uh, mostly shot in New Orleans, um, a little bit in Dallas as well. And uh, being a kid in New Orleans, you know, at the time in the 90s, uh, right, it was like the cusp, 1990, 91. Um, you know, it was a little bit like, you know, it's probably still, the, New Orleans is still that way, right? It's still a violent city. <laughs> And oh yeah, a friend of ours got robbed, you know, mugged at uh, you know knife point or gunpoint or something uh, at night near the quarter. Um, but uh, you know, it's it was yeah, it was it was it was a throwback though because of all these great sets that were designed, you know, recreating the nineteen sixties. And so uh, I had my little white suit, I think, that I got to wear, and uh, in a few of those scenes, and just remember how you know how uh, obviously it was just you know incredible to be part of these these design, set designs, you know, this era that takes you back to a time before I was born. Um, but also, you know, the humidity and the heat was so miserable. I think it was summertime that we were shooting like the courtroom sequence at the end of the film, which is, you know, it's like one of the great epic speeches of uh, Kevin Costner for like 15, 20 minute delivery. I don't even know. It's just so incredible how long that speech is, but we're all in the courtroom, you know, dying, we're <laughs> sweating and there's only fans going, you know, cause it's, there's no AC in the 1960s, right? So they had to keep that 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 texture of the, you know, of the area of the fans blowing, and you're just dying with it with that heat. So in the, in the seat, in the three piece suits and all that. So um, yeah, it was uh, you know it was definitely a, it was a trip into a different world. Yeah, totally. And you mentioned the heat, man. I'll tell you, I, I rewatched JFK recently um, with headphones and really kind of got to zero in on on the sound and the texture of the film and. I mean, <laughs> the scenes with John Candy, you know, you, you, you see the sweat coming off his lips. Like, I mean, it's just, you can really, you really feel saturated and you really feel yeah. part of that. The summer of 63 in New Orleans. I mean, that was a whole scene. Well, you that know, was, it, well, 67, 68 when, when Garrison is doing the investigation. Oh, yeah. But, that's right. But I mean, yeah. there are flashbacks, of yeah. course, of Clay Shaw yeah. with Oswald. I mean, those scenes are, those are ridiculous too. The, those, those boy parties they had. <laughs> I mean, just in, you know, it, yeah, they were exactly. I mean, that was actually, remember, the film was attacked for being anti-homosexual at the time. That was right. a big criticism because of the portrayal of the truth that Clay Shaw, Clay Bertrand Shaw was uh, was gay. 
and uh, so was Dave Ferry. And uh, some were some of the you know the people that were involved with them, obviously, and that were then you know uh, witnesses to to you know to basically saying like the, the Perry Russo character in the film, which I think is a conglomerate, a few gay guys that were you know basically part of that party scene, and um, you know understood that Ferry and Sean knew each other and that Oswald was around, and so it was like establishing it. But then the you know the critics come out and say, oh, you see, it's. Oliver Stone is saying that uh, homosexuals are evil and they're Nazis and they're oh, killing right. the ca- killing Kennedy. Like you know, it's just it's just this stupid. It's like this ridiculous you know argument. It's like saying you know, okay, you know, it's, if George Soros does something wrong, you're anti-Semitic. It's like no, it doesn't. Right. Have, yeah. it, you know, someone's sexual orientation, their religious orientation doesn't change what they you know their crime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, gay people can still be evil, right. just like straight people right. and uh, evil. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Clay Shaw. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones nailed it though. He's like you know. I do have a, a flair for the fancy, Sean, and it's okay to engage in some botanage from time to time, but you can see how people would find these things to be a bit amusing. You know, he's, yeah. he really, he's, he's Kevin Bacon there, or, you know, I forget the wave he does. <laughs> Just like the little, dinner, it's so extravagant. Waves, you know, yeah. yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a great, great performances and, uh, <laughs> So you know, yeah, it's you know, just a classic, classic film. It still really holds up well. I just saw it uh, last year, I think. It does, man. And, and I met Michael Rooker a couple years ago. You know, of course, he played one of Garrison's investigators, and um, you know, he's had some huge success with The Walking Dead, and and he was at a convention kind of related to horror films. But of course, I had to ask him about JFK, and he was like, "Man, you know, uh, the truth is out there. That's all I know. That's all I can say about it. The truth is out there." He didn't really. Uh, he didn't yeah. want to go into it too much because everyone's asking him about killing zombies and or the uh, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but I'm like, I know you for J- from JFK and uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Those were the two films that I really enjoyed. Although Hen- Henry, Henry, I don't know if they got into that, but Henry seems to have been uh, like basically made up a lot of this, the killings. Right, Henry was the one that they basically gave. Uh, they were giving him milkshakes and stuff every time he would. <laughs> He would say that he committed a murder. So actually, it was he was uh, he he elaborated a lot. I think when the police basically got hold of him, and oh, he ended really? up taking yeah, he ended up taking like laying claim to thousands of murders. But ultimately, it, it, I mean, it would seem if you look at it that he didn't actually do these these all these these murders. He was basically just uh, getting he was already in jail forever. So it was just like all right, whatever, I'll get perks every time I admit to it because the police you know the police wanted to close cases. So. Oh. Yeah, that's what I've heard about you know Henry, and then obviously he's got the whole program to kill book by um, uh, McGowan. Oh, McGowan, McGowan, yeah, great, great book, and it gets into a lot of these serial killers being kind of intelligence operations because um, either you know either these guys were under mind control or they were part of cults, and again, oftentimes again we get this whole thing about you know the lone nut, right? Whether it's Oswald or you know, any uh, Chapman, all these guys, you know, but then obviously the serial killers too, it's the same principle, the lone nut, when in fact, no, they may have been part of, oftentimes were part of bigger operations, whether it's kill squads, whether it's, um, you know, assassinations or um, just terror, you know, like basically you could say like, what would be the motivation of, of, of our intelligence agencies? Well, you know, CIA had an operation called chaos, you know, domestically, mm-hmm. In the 60s and 70s right to basically promote uh well not just you know, to surveil but also to promote dissent domestically to, to promote turmoil to um to kind of figure out you know how do you say to to infiltrate uh you know different different societies different groups different you know how do you say uh uh 
different aspects of society, different different societal groupings, and uh, and essentially, you know, promote chaos, promote conflict, promote fear. And we see it to this present day. I mean, isn't this really what what all this media is about? It's about creating dissent in America. You know, creating dissension between Americans. Right? If you're deplorable, if you're you know, if you're pro-Trump versus anti-Trump, it's like this is this is this, this is the same narrative for 40, 50, 60 years of CIA operations. Yeah, it's crazy, and I, I agree. I think that's what it is too, man. I think it's really just to create. Uh, oh, I got to I got to other them. I have to hate them because I, we don't agree on everything, or, or he's they're MAGA or they're not MAGA, or yeah, it's 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 been it's been quite a thing to see, and and I think since the death of Kennedy. Um, Americans have lost so much distrust in government and we don't trust our media. And I think for good reason, um, mm -hmm. you know, look at the way that they've portrayed Oswald, you know, the entire time. And they had the story all baked and ready to go and feeding it to the American people. And I think, you know, trust in the government was pretty high back in 1963. If you look at polls and if you ask most Americans and, um, you know, the government kind of had that paternalistic kind of vibe and, oh, no, they're going to do the right thing. And, they're watching out for us, but we've really seen that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad. That's what my dad did. JFK and Nixon. You know, he's, he's looked at it as bookends of an era, the decade when, between Kennedy's assassination and the coup against Nixon, really, you know, the Watergate, which was much bigger than Nixon. I mean, he he didn't know about the plumbers, what they were looking for, and but most people don't know what the heck they were looking for. It seems to be that there was sex rings that they were trying to, you know, basically uh, get information about and some of the sex rings call girl rings right may have actually been involving pedophilia but we at least know that there were call girl rings that uh, that they was um i think the secretary one of the secretaries of the tnc had like the book with a bunch of these uh, names the, the johns and all that kind of thing so um there was you know it's, it was it was a much bigger intel operation watergate story and there have been good some good books over the years written about that that aspect of it but again between 63 and 73 with this two two coup d'etats essentially two presidents taken out as we know the uh, trilateral commission at the time i think sam huntington was the author of one of those crisis of democracy reports and just talking exactly about that about the lack of trust in uh for americans when it comes to their government and especially to their presidency and that whole, as you said, that paternalistic figure essentially was gone. So there was the crisis of the 70s, and then you could say the 80s. Really, Reagan did bring back, if nothing else, I mean, I, you got to credit Reagan for bringing back a reinvigoration of American pride and, and spirit that was gone from the 70s. You know, mid to late 70s, you had two oil crises, you had high, you know, stagflation. It was the economy was 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 wrecked, and uh, you know, by the 80s, you know. Can talk about all we want that excesses of wall street and that there was a widening of the gap but ultimately people there was still a, an upward mobilization you know of, of the lower and middle classes through from the 80s into the 90s that carried to the 90s you know the clinton economy was very much continued from the from the reagan era and that that spirit right of the end of the cold war and the films and the movies and the music of the time period it reflects that 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 the cultural exuberance, you know, there really was this reinvigoration, and that's what when Trump talks about making America great, I think that's what it's for. That's where to me it reminds me of is the '80s. It's that time period of like, yeah, you know what, we are, you know, we are we're winning the Cold War. We're you know we're prevailing as a free country, you know, in the, in the face of global tyrannies and and those that hate our hate capitalism that you know that want to promote socialism, communism. It's like, no, there's this ethos of freedom. 
and that's really what you know what what does make America great is the, it's the, that spirit of freedom. Oh, definitely. And well, the thing is, Sean Reagan said, "Make America great." And I said, make America great again. I added the again to it, okay? So it's like, I don't want to diss Reagan, but I think I've done a little bit better as president, and we're going to be doing great things again in 24. What do you what do you make of the, the MAGA train revving up again for 24, uh, the announcement? And do you think he's uh, got the nomination? I think that there, people are overshooting with DeSantis, and I think to write Trump's obituary is very premature. Well, I don't know who's writing Trump's obituary. I mean, look, we're just in a strange, strange, strange reality. Um, it, it, you know, because, because our concern is the election process. I mean, Trump was, you know, you, no matter what you want to say in 2020, he won 10 plus million more votes than in 2016. I mean, he got 75 million votes, which was an incredible amount, especially for a president who, you know, Obama in his second term lost votes. He didn't get more votes. Trump got 10 million more. Traditionally, you win Florida, you win Ohio, you win. There's no doubt you won the presidency. The amount of counties he won, he, 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 he you know, it was red. This, you know, he, he won the election. It was the swing counties, cities, you know, the, the, the weirdness in the middle of the night. We all, you know, we all knew what was coming once they paused counting and said, oh, yeah, you know, come back tomorrow. It was like... In like yeah, Pennsylvania? No, yeah. Well, that was everywhere. No, Pennsylvania took days, but uh, no, we're talking Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, big red flags. And we knew it was coming. So look at what's happening now in Arizona. You know, it's all the same, the same thing with Kerry Lake, you know, where they, they literally can't even certify it because they're finally having to address certain things. Now, are they addressing it in a way that's meaningful? Until we get, you know, until we get a hold of this mail-in ballot, mail-in voting issue, and the ability, the, the ability to actually like know who's who's voting, you know, with identification, right? And actually requesting a mail-in ballot and ballot or not. You can't just send out mail-in ballots all over the place. You end up with millions of mail-in ballots that are floating around. That's what they've been doing, right? They just send it out to every every registered voter. Well, the problem with that is if you don't request it, you you may not use it, but someone else might be using it in your name, right? That's the right. Big problem. So we've got a big problem, and until that's resolved, I mean. It doesn't matter. Trump can be the most popular president in history. He will not win as long as this this system is controlled. It doesn't matter who votes. It's who counts who counts the votes. We've always understood this. I mean, you're talking about Kennedy. Talking about Kennedy. You know, the truth is Kennedy probably didn't win in '60. You know, he probably did. You know, he the mafia rigged it for him in Chicago. RFK and, Jr. Uh, does contest that though, Texas. Sean. I, I have read I've read into that, but he but RFK Jr. definitely in his book contests that and. Mm -hmm says it's not the case but I, yeah oh yeah i mean he had through his father through joseph kennedy there i, I don't doubt there were mob contacts and they no we know they, that we yeah know that. they were they cut some deals and yeah but well that's the thing about the kennedys like we're not here to prop them up as like perfect and um you know like the whole camelot thing is is largely mythical but i really do think you know in reading about kennedy he obviously went in as a as a cold warrior and he was I mean, he's a World War II veteran, so he knew how awful war was, and he was strong. Um, but, of course, there's the perception of being weak if you want to talk about detente and you want to talk about negotiating. And um, But to read about him quietly back-channeling with Khrushchev is pretty amazing, especially now, 60 years later, we, we're faced with, <laughs> like, a mirroring, uh, you know, image, history repeating itself. So mm -hmm. That's I, right. I, you still can't deal with the Russians. It's been... 
it's been it's been uh, almost a hundred years of this fear of, of Russia. You imagine yeah. it's, it's really incredible. Um, and I'm not to say you know I'm, I'm not pro communist, but fear of Russia is, is so ridiculous. You know because Russia is very much like America. It's a great land power, right? It is, and it, it should be respected as such. You know they are a great power, and we've consistently disrespected Russia, disrespected its history, and it's you know it's it's. Um, Look, I mean, it's it's playing out right now with our inability to to make peace when it comes to Ukraine. There's no there's no Western power um, pushing Zelensky to, to to the peace table and even you know willing to sit down and you know negotiate. So um, you know this is yeah this is ugly. And Kennedy did come in as you say as a cold warrior at the beginning. He that's why he did the Bay of Pigs. To, you know, to, he thought he was going to get rid of Castro, and he believed the CIA obviously and. You know, I, I think that it's a really it's an interesting question as to why Bundy canceled or who canceled the uh, air support, right? Because it makes you wonder. You know, I don't know if they would have necessarily overthrown, but you know, if the air support goes in, it escalates. What happens next? It makes it curious. So I don't know who actually did that cancellation order, and ultimately, mm. it was very you know it was tragic for the you know for the Cuban uh, exiles that were left you know to basically be captured and die in the Bay of Pigs. It was it was a terrible decision on Kennedy's part, he, he recognized it and he started to change course as a result, as we know, right? That's when he said we got to switch to the CIA and he was really trying to curtail um, their expansion, you know, with Vietnam, for example, as we know from the, the film JFK pointing out the uh, document where Kennedy started, said he was going to start withdrawing the CIA advisors and the Green Beret advisors come 1964 after the, you know, basically into 65 with the election process, he just wanted to start, you know, pulling back and make sure that it was a South Vietnam was going to defend itself against North Vietnam, not America fighting to defend South Vietnam. That was, I think, Kennedy's perspective. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, again, he, uh, he, I think grew in the course of his time, which is really what a good president would do. And I think since that time, you've basically seen a lot of people that are coming into to office uh, that don't grow that you know essentially you know basically just get eaten up by the system become part of the system and that's why they don't get killed <laughs> well, <laughs> well if you look at the footage of when trump got in there and i think trump was going in there with the mindset of like yeah i'm going to do this i'm going to smash this i'm going to uh i'm going to show them down in washington and then mm -hmm. when he got down there man he just realized just the corruption and, and the just the, the the admin state not not only is it the deep state but you can call it the admin state that's just that's right. always been there and will always be there. It, presidents are just come and go, man. They're it's, they're it's, they're just it's they're, the permanent you know. bureaucracy. I think uh, even you know Clinton acknowledged that when he told uh, one of the press reporters when you were asking what you know you wanted to find out about UFOs and Kennedy's assassination, right? Clinton was very adamant when he came in. He wanted to get answers, and he's, I think he said to them, "You know, I'm not, I, there's a government that's that's you know that's how do you say there, there's a government inside the government, mm. and I'm not in control over that. You know, that's yeah. that's the point." Yeah, it's true. That was like uh, when, when Trump was like, boy, they love war. They really love war down here, Sean. And let me tell you something. The military, the military industrial complex is a very real thing. I mean, to have a sitting president say those words, the first yeah. president since Eisenhower to utter that phrase wow. um, is, is pretty incredible. And there was a, a clip that I saw of Trump walking into the White House and a reporter which got one final question like, you know, President Trump, are we going to war with Iran? And he's like, I hope not. And, and th that's really the vibe that you get, man. Like if, if it wasn't for totally. like S Senator Ron Paul and, and even 
Trump's own inclinations to not launch an all-out war. We could have we could have gone into all-out war with Iran because of the generals and because of just the you know all the contractors and everybody who's got their hand in the trough, you know, manipulating the presidency. So I think you know if Trump does get in there again, man, he's he's got to get better people around him. He, he's got to get you know for advisors what? and get get Kushner out of there. And and oh, that's Kushner what I, is awful. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would you know that's what I would recommend. I mean, maybe bring Tulsi along for the ride. It looks like she's. She's going that to Magdalene. That would be fun. Obviously, a Trump Tulsi ticket would be fun. Yeah, um, it would be great. You know, I I have no I have no faith in the federal government. I think the federal yeah, government is such a bogus. The problem is that they they basically they're a parasite. Mm-hmm. They're a parasite, but they've also they we're also tied to them as a globe as an economy, right? The U.S. economy, the federal government makes up about forty percent of our GDP now. Right, or it's connected to about forty percent of our GDP. So think about how much that is in contracts. Think about the military-industrial complex, but that goes into everything: science, medicine, engineering. Right, uh, uh, you know the, the the telecoms, the Googles, the Silicon Valley. It's all connected to this military-industrial complex. You know, they all got contracts. Google's got CIA contracts, and mm-hmm. Inc. Tell, you know, CIA's investment fund was involved with Google from the early days, and it's just like it's so married into our system. That this is our problem. We have to uh, disentangle from this this massive federal system that's just, you know, using our tax dollars. And then look, at, I mean, look at the F, what was it, FTX where they're sending money to you. They're taking our tax dollars, sending it to Ukraine, and then laundering it back through FTX to the Democratic Party. I mean, this is the DNC. Yeah. This is typical. This is typical. This is exactly the typical federal government for you. It's just so bad. And you know, you name it. The the healthcare system. The I mean, the, the big, you know, the, the, the pharmaceutical, the big, big drug, the big Trump companies, the argument is Trump bailed out the big Trump, the big drug companies with his uh, warp speed, right? Because mm-hmm. who paid for it? Who paid for these, you know, Moderna and Pfizer to develop these mRNA uh, technologies? It's, you know, it's, it's pretty much government funded. So it's a very, uh, it's an ugly system. And it's like this private partnership where it's like, you know, uh, Fauci and company, you know the NIAID and all these guys. You know they're they're invested in into the into the drug into the into the the vaccines and the pharmaceutical development, right? So they're getting profit from it. Um, it's like you know, so the watchdogs are 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 tied in with the the ones they're supposed to be watching. <laughs> it's just it's it's a shit show. Yeah, it's so entangled and and it's such a. Uh such a behemoth that it's it's like, where do you begin, man? Yeah. You could say, let's try and get, you know, dark money out of politics. Let's try and overturn citizens United, you know, let's have term limits. But um, you know, I think even Trump or others are, are, are trying to get away from term limits. I mean, I thought I've always thought term limits is a good thing, but you just hear it's just lip service. It never happens. And they're not going to cut off their own grift. I mean, you're going to see, you're going to continue to see these career politicians and, you know, they all yeah. know to their core, man, the Kennedy thing is rotten and they know it's bullshit, but it's really against their own self-interest to speak up about it because anytime you see any senator or anyone in there talk about it, they, they get uh, steamrolled, you know, by the press or maybe their donors jump ship. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's just a cyclical, it's just, <laughs> it's just an ever evolving door, man, you know? Well, it's because it's, Kennedy is like, it's the conspiracy upon which all these coups are based, right? Which is intel community um and they're doing it you know like they do coup d'etats against other countries they do it you know they do it domestically they rig elections abroad you know of course they rig elections here too it's just it's right it's we don't think it can't happen here of course right. i mean yeah 
This the same issues that we had in 04 with the with the uh, debold machines and the and that being rigged. We haven't fixed that. It's probably if anything, it's gotten worse. Right. Well, that's the point. You know, that's the point. And then, like you, see, you know, you see like the Democrats. You know, uh, those the Warrens and others saying, "Oh, these machines are problematic and they can be hacked and they can be uh, manipulated." And then, you know, but when it, but when we use it to win, then we're not going to say anything. Now you're the election denier. It's just it's it's oh, it's, it's ridiculous. What we need to do, Sean, Governor Jesse Ventura here. What mm -hmm. we need to do, Sean, we need paper ballots, okay, so we can count them. Why is it when I go do in my, do my banking in Minnesota, I get a receipt, but when I vote, I don't get one? I never understood that one. Tell me that one, John. <laughs> That's tell right. Me, tell me about that like, one. Where is, where is Jesse when it comes to the 2020 election? Yeah, he's kind of – he's his take on that and the the whole uh, – Flu world order is a little is a little different. He has his own take on it, you know. Hey, I'm a seventy year old. I've been around the sun seventy one times, Sean. I don't mind wearing the mask. I don't have to talk to people no more when I go to the grocery store. It's kind of nice. Well, I kind of like it, Sean. That's that's your personal choice. Just don't yeah. force it. That's not a libertarian <laughs> standpoint. Would never force it on others. Oh, totally. Yeah, man. I mean. Yeah, and I think, you know, you even see when Trump's speaking to his crowds where he's like, look, I got it. I got the Pfizer. It's okay. I got that. I got the booster. You don't have to get it, but I got it, but it's okay. That's the only time he really gets booed. So, Oh, yeah, he does. He's working on a new hour. You know, he's working on a fresh hour. I think he might uh, He I might think... take that one out and, the, you know, the lockdowns and not firing Fauci. I mean, there's definitely going to be. What did he do with the lockdowns? So, I mean, did he, what did he, I mean, did, what did he actually lock down? Well, I mean, it happened under under his watch, right? The, well, the, the states did. I mean, the states have that problem. Yeah. You know, that's the point. Every state was different. That's why Florida was pretty chill. And, you know, they locked down briefly, but they were for the most part open. Whereas California, you know, they're still ready to go back to their masks. Um, California? So, are, are you out there now in California? or where are No, you no, no. I don't live there. No, I live in Florida. Oh, okay. You're down with the Giga Chad DeSantis? He's pretty <laughs> Chad. What's Chad? Chad is like, you know, like, like strong, like, uh, you know, he's like yeah. Chad. You know? I don't know. I hear, I remember hanging Chad's. I don't know where Chad is. Oh yeah. 2000, the hanging Chad's. Yeah. <laughs> the footage of all of them kind of looking at him and it's crazy to see, you know, Roger Stone was involved in that. And he said, oh, it's one of the great re political regrets of my career. And, yeah. um, you know, he of course is, has written a couple books about the Kennedy assassination and he kind of points the fingers at Lyndon Johnson, which I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I, buy, I think Johnson was an accessory after the fact, and, and like that scene in JFK depicts, think, you just keep yeah. me elected. I'll give you your war. I think it's more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think uh, Johnson, exactly, whether or not he knew in advance, he could not have orchestrated it himself. This is the deep state we're talking about. And, um, you know, as you said, it's, you know, it's the guys that are, you know, that are there permanently, you know, whether they're CIA or, you know, even you know deeper, you know, even deeper than than DARPA's and the other you know agencies that that yeah, we know about. There's like what almost thirty intelligence agencies, and you only really hear about the CIA and like you know um, D DIA, CIA. DIA. You hear about a couple of them, but you really there's ones you just don't even know exist, man. And, and and our tax dollars are paying for them. It's like what the fuck are they doing? We what didn't even know about. Yeah, we, no one knew about the NSA until like the '90s, I think, or the 2000s when it came out. Like the uh, Bamford really. Yeah, Bamford yeah, blew the whistle on that one. Yeah, that book, exactly. It was like no one really knew about NSA before that. It's, no such agency. It's crazy, man. And then, you know, of course, Snowden showing us that they they have access to every 
every call and, and every email and yeah they've got everything you know and and uh but they couldn't they couldn't stop 9-11 they they apparently they had they couldn't track bin laden's satellite phone or the hub in yemen and I don't know, you know somehow they didn't connect the dot sean and yet nobody got fired but people got promoted well that was benny know? talking about that remember bill benny that documentary oh, yeah. that was done uh, a good american my dad produced it and it's about bill benny and others and they you know exactly they were trying to put together uh, a, a, a program that would have tracked exactly these terror cells, and um, they were denied. You know, they, the the administrative state state said, "No, we don't want your program. We've got our own, <laughs> whatever they've got. You know, their own. Uh, yeah, works just their, fine. Their their own way of monitoring without, you know, again, so that they can allow things like that, like nine eleven, to occur." Um, Without uh, being able to, being able to deny it, you know, be able to say, uh, "Oh, we didn't know. We uh, we lost track of them when they came to the once they came to the U.S. Even though the FBI and CIA were both monitoring them, but you know, they weren't talking to each other. So that's how we lost." Yeah, Muhammad Atta was living next door to uh, you know Mossad agents down in Florida. The yeah. whole Florida angle of the 9/11 is really interesting too. I don't know if how much yeah. you've looked in, into that, but yeah, the flying circus. Yeah, yeah Daniel Hopsicker's work. Yeah, well, Hopsicker's another one that's gone completely. To the you know he hates he hates the Santas oh, he's, total yeah he's total, all about the Russia Russia stuff he's all about the Russians it's amazing how these guys buy into this kind of like these narratives like you know Russia is taking over America now right yeah I know it's it's uh you know the even before you know when Trump was president elect it was just uh, it's Russia 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 I mean dude four straight years of it like mm. just a barrage and they, they had nothing. Ultimately, I mean, of course, he did business well, with the Russians. Well, no, what they they what they had was RT. You know, RT. We influenced the election. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's you know, if you you start making that kind of argument, you know, well, you know, everything influences the election. Google influences elections all the time. They prove that. Yeah, it was it was a meme, on It was a meme that made me do it. Yeah. I listened to a meme. That's you know? right. That's How right. Stupid. The yeah, you want to talk about influence? You want to talk about influencing elections? How about what we did do in Venezuela or what we did in Iran in the 50s or how many freaking times, man? Kinzer, Stephen Kinzer's book, Overthrow. I just tell people to read that book. Mm -hmm. That's 100 years of election meddling from us. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's hypocritical. And it's just like this situation with Ukraine, whether it's the 2014 coup, whether it's what we did in 2004 with that election, it, none of this happened overnight. And people have such a simple you know, uh, two-way narrative about this. And, and to try and go outside of that, you just get, well, that's yeah, the you point. get called Russian disinfo or Russian asset. Well, that's the point. The CIA has been doing this stuff for decades. I mean, we know about the 67 documents where the CIA basically was saying, oh, Garrison and company, Mark Lane, you know, they're going after the conspiracy of Kennedy and they're denying the Warren Commission, right? That was the original denier, right? If you deny the Warren Commission. So the CIA right. said, we have to just go after these people and, you know, basically target target them as, you know, as conspiracy theorists and, 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 and uh, smear them and say that they're in it for, you know, profit. They're, they're motivated by profit and they're wrong and they're, mis they're misinformed. So this has been ongoing policy since at least 67. And, you know, the point is, it's whether it's Kennedy assassination, whether it's the COVID shots, whether it's the elections, it's like they don't, you know, the whole point is that these, this deep state cannot allow you to think for yourself. And whenever someone tells you, you know, you're misinformed, you're, this is disinformation, you have to, you know, you have to recognize that there's an operation going on because oh, this totally. is all CIA terminology, you know, disinformation, misinformation. This is all, this is all CIA tactics. 
because they don't want you to think for yourself. They don't want you to have access to information that goes against their narrative. And guess what? You know, we all get misinformed. We're all, no one knows the truth. No one, know, no one has the truth. We, we can all, be wrong we about have, stuff, man. We have, you know, we have access to information. Sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's wrong. But the point is that we're trying to formulate coherent thoughts, at least, you know, trying to be critically think, you know, critical thinkers out here. And when someone tells you, no, you can't think critically, you're, mm -hmm. you know, that's disinformation, misinformation. Okay. Now we know this is an operation. And the, the yeah. most dangerous thing for them is the people that can think for themselves. I just let Snopes do my thinking for me, Sean. That's all. I think okay. Snoopy is more credible than Snopes. Yeah. We have a, a chat here from John B. I think many overlook the Dulles connection to political assassinations abroad. Yeah, Dulles, man. I mean, he's a, he's a figure in all this. Of course, he, he was in charge of the Warren Commission, basically, wasn't he? Uh, he was overseeing it. Yeah, I mean, he was a CIA. He, obviously, he was the godfather of the CIA. So he's important who, because Kennedy, has Kennedy been, fired, him. fired him after the Bay of Pigs. And Dulles, is obviously, is very deep state. You know, he, he was he was involved in, uh, you know, even even some of the Nazi financing and uh, uh, basically, if I'm correct, the Nazi financing before the war, like through through Standard Oil and these kind of deals, like Standard Oil was Standard Oil was uh, connected to IG Farben, for example. I think uh, it was the parent company of IG Farben, so mm -hmm. there was all kinds of trading with the enemy going on. Remember, there was some good books. Oh written. yeah. And yeah. Dulles was at the heart of sort of making sure that those those things went away, or that you know, that as a lawyer, um, making sure that people didn't find out or, or ultimately you know get sued over it. Um, so Dulles was key during that time period, and then obviously with the rat lines thereafter, with bringing Nazis over after the war, um, and then you know obviously from that point forward, you know he basically has created what became the CIA. But Harry Truman, who had signed into existence said, you know, basically the CIA's gotten out of hand, right? That was Dulles' baby that, that got out of hand. It was the idea that the CIA originally was supposed to be intelligence gathering. You know, Truman said, look, I thought the CIA was going to just give me intelligence reports to help, you know, help me know what's going on, not to go out there and rig elections and overthrow governments and assassinate people, and right? Mind control yeah. people. <laughs> have its, have its own military and fleet and, yeah. So that's you later. Really that's, that's, that becomes the question. Exactly. Well, no, you're right. You're right. Because of Proudy, Fletcher Proudy talked about that, how they would requisition things from, from the Defense Department and others for, um, for, for operations and you know, black ops. Did you ever read that letter that Truman wrote? It came out a month to the day after Kennedy's assassination. Um, yeah. It was an op-ed and an open letter. And it's, it's very interesting, the language that he uses and kind of what he's saying about these Frankensteins essentially getting off the leash, Absolutely. basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. He knew. You and know. people to this day, you know, they think the CIA is kind of not the good guys. You know, it's crazy how, like, the left, every time the CIA says, well, yeah, we think Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. Oh, you see, the CIA said it. It must be true. It's like they've gone crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're woke now, too. They got they have a rainbow flag now at, at Langley. Okay. So they're, oh. it's all good, man. Just like Raytheon, you know, That's they're right. Gaytheon now. So That's right. And they as must be trusted. They... Like yeah, as long them. as they put a flag on it or, or they they make it woke, it's okay. You, you know, the government is woke, so they're not – they're helping humanity. We're, we're right. helping. So, That's... And, you know, of course, there's people who work in the government that, that are good people and that, that, you know, it's not – it's just people at the end of the day. Yes. I think it's, it's, it's people at the top um, who are controlling policy and not having accountability at the end of the day. A lot of the unelected actors and – that's until they change that culture. And I don't know, man, it's, it's pretty, uh, 
I think we're pretty far gone, Sean. I'm, a, I'm a, I hate to be pessimistic, you know, but I, you know. I agree with you. I think uh, the U.S. again, the federal government has gone berserk and uh, way too big, way too, way too, you know, expansive, way too influential in our lives. I think it's time to go back to the original constitutional principles and states' rights, individual rights. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I gotta say, man, here in New Hampshire, we, we, we got it down pretty well, man. The liberty-minded folks are have been effective in our state house, and I agree, man. I think it's gotta it's gotta be more at the state level for stuff. That's really what you can impact, man. Local elections, you know, uh, school board stuff, stuff here at the state house, and um, I don't know if you've been to New Hampshire, but we're we're you know we do pretty well here, don't man. You, we live, don't you we have live, uh, don't tread on me on your flag. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we have, uh, well, live free or die is our state motto. Live free or die, there you go. Um, we, we have, you know, stand your ground on the books. And um, we have, uh, if, if you are a gun enthusiast, New Hampshire is a great place to be. But then why sure. are you always voting Democrat? I don't get it. Well, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> we, we're getting a lot of people from Massachusetts up here, Sean. They're, they're crossing the border. We don't know how they're getting here, okay? They're, it's a caravan from Boston. It's very sad. <laughs> it's a very tough gift, and it's very sad, Sean. And we're trying yeah. to build a wall between Massachusetts and New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you, might, you might need that. <laughs> we're the uh, we're also, I, I believe, the, the highest consumers of beer, um, of alcohol by state per, by some measure. Well, that um, just tells me that you don't get enough sunlight. <laughs> well, if you if you knew what the the weather's going to be like the next six months, you, you would understand why we don't go outside a lot yeah. during that time. But uh, if you ever get up here, man, we'd love to love to take you out for a. For a brewski or something. Or I appreciate something. it. <laughs> we'll do that. So, um, what 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 else do you got down the uh, pike here? You got any other projects you're working on that you want to plug or tease us about? Or no, not at all. People should check out uh, Best Kept Secret if they haven't already. That's uh, my my docu series. It's on uh, my seanstone.info is the best place. You can get all my my work, my offerings, uh, my documentaries, all there. Seanstone.info. I did watch that since we last spoke, and that was good. lights out, man. That was a hell of a series, dude. Good, good. Just the, just the Franklin stuff alone, man. I think I'm going to have Nick Bryant on soon, hopefully. I've been emailing with him. and Great. It's – God. Yeah. But um, I guess before we go, you know, it's interesting that artists tend to be the ones who, who speak the truth in our society and – um, I know you do some acting, you know. You Not know, always. You, There's a lot of work artists, don't forget. Well, well I know. Paid, but, they get but, paid but, to say, you know, they get scripts to say. To yeah, say. but I guess I, where I was going with this as to tie in with Kennedy, um, you know, you had a comedian like Mort Saul who was basically, you know, blackballed from the industry for speaking up. He was someone who was hired in the early 60s to write jokes for JFK. And he made fun of Kennedy when he was in office. You know, nothing like really grotesque or you know a bad taste but he he said my job as a comedian is to be satirical for the republican or the democrat that's right and even though i happen to have a connection to john kennedy and i like him and i supported him and voted for him i'm still going to uh you know i'm still going to roast him and uh so but kennedy's father joseph didn't like that so mm. uh mort saul couldn't get a job and then after kennedy's killed mort saul is one of the only ones who's out there very early on with mark lane asking questions like who the hell killed Kennedy? Why did this happen? Why, why was this in place? And um, he took, he took a year off and went and worked as a volunteer for Jim Garrison. So the art artist can be a powerful voice. And then of course, if it weren't for Dick Gregory, we never would have seen the Spruder film on Geraldo in the seventies. What so, was it? I, I lost you there. 
uh, Dick Gregory, the comedian, um, yeah. if it weren't for him and his efforts, we wouldn't have seen the Sapruder film on um, Geraldo in the 70s. Oh, I didn't realize that. that he made that happen. Yeah, he, he campaigned and fought for that. So, yeah, even our celebrities, man, are watered down and well, suck compared to how well, they used to be. Talk about a conspiracy theorist. Dick Gregory was great, and he was an advocate of the immune system. <laughs> of, of, of the what system? Of the immune system. Oh, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm not familiar with that one, Sean. Yeah, you'll have to tell me know. about that some other time. I've never heard of that one, but. Uh, he was Dick, based. He was pretty based, too, man. Dick Gregory was based, and uh, he uh, he was right. You know, he said there should be a black house. But. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, I think, well, I think he was a big proponent of like Black Wall Street and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. having their own. Yeah, which, of course, got got raised and got destroyed and attacked. and. Now, he talked on so many issues, Dick Gregory, who was a wonderful, wonderful uh, thinker and comedian. And, uh, you know, we wish they had wish there were more that had that courage. I know, face, man. You know, to, to say what they think. I'm trying to think nowadays, about. other than you and your old man who, who are really out there telling the truth, you know, about this, who, who have the gravitas and the career to back it up and, and the, you know. I don't know. We're going to send you guys back over to, to Russia to, to get Putin to the table or get in the hockey. I know, right? right? We'll, yeah. we'll, look, I'll go in the sauna with him, okay? We'll sauna together with a couple of Russian oligarchs. I'll bring him a cheeseburger. <laughs> we'll get Rocket Man, and we'll work this thing out, Sean, okay? We don't there need nuclear go. exchange. We don't need uh, it. That's great. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, Sean Stone, uh, director, actor, filmmaker, thank you so much for coming back on, Sean. I had a blast, and we'll uh, we'll have to do it again sometime soon. You got it. Good to see you, Mike. All right, you too.